Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode six of BNI The Australian Story. My name is Veronica, and I'm here once again with our executive director, Mr. Brent Edwards. Thank you, Veronica. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening again. So episode number six, we have had an absolutely fantastic reaction to the podcast, especially Australian content. And I'm just having a look at the BNI website, Brent, and I'm noticing here some interesting um, statistics. BNI ranked in the top three of Forbes' six essential local small business associations that every business should belong to. Absolutely, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, treat BNI as an integral part of their business success. And so I might just pose the question to you before I give a little bit of an intro about BNI. What stands BNI apart from just any other networking association that you might be invited to? I think what we what we stand for, helping each other, the givers gain philosophy and uh, being able to help others and not expecting anything in return. And that stands as apart from other sort of business organisations. You can go to a networking event and... You can stand up there and say, oh, put your hand up. Who, who wants to uh, sell something today? Everyone put their hand up. And then you ask again, put your hand up, who wants to buy something? Yeah. And no one puts their hand up. So it's a lot easier if you can actually help someone achieve success and, and give, you know, give to them what they need to achieve success and they feel obliged to give back. And that sets us apart from other organisations. I love actually this little part of our podcast where I get to tell anyone who's listening, uh, people who are part of BNI or maybe people who are thinking about being a part of BNI but just want a little bit more information. So BNI is a professional business networking organisation that helps you generate new business through powerful business referrals. BNI has over 250,000 participants worldwide in over 70 countries, all of whom have benefited from increased referral business as a result of BNI. In BNI in Australia, our members generate over, and this is crazy, $500 million in closed business each year for each other, and worldwide this figure increases to over $15 billion US dollars. Well, if you were a small country, you'd really like that GDP at the moment, uh, you know, $15 billion, which is pretty awesome, and it's just from people helping each other and finding business for each other, and it's a really cool part of what we do. So 267,000 global members... 74 countries, 9,365 global chapters and $16 billion in referred business passed in the last 12 months. And I'd encourage anybody who's listening to go to bni.com.au and you'll see those stats moving in real time. Absolutely. It's, it's updated daily. Fantastic. All right. So let's uh, get to the introduction of our featured speaker today. Yes. Well, our, our guest today, it's... Um we're going to the mid-north coast of New South Wales. We haven't had a New South Wales person on yet. So, uh, Toby, you're the first. So um, we're going to the mid-north north coast near Taree. We've got Toby Uglow from Uglow Painting Online. Now, Toby's been an 11-year member of BNI, and he's from the Riverview chapter of BNI. So I'm not sure if you were one of the founders there, Tony, but uh, how did you get involved and who introduced you to BNI? Oh, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, I uh, I was pretty lucky, really. I, I moved up to the area from Sydney, um, having had a small business down in Sydney, um, as a bit of a one-man show, really. Um, I did some painting in our local village for one of my neighbours, a farmer, and uh, his brother-in-law was working uh, as a shop owner in, in, in town, and uh, he, uh, he gave me an invite to start with. Um, I sort of brushed it off and thought it was a bit of a crazy idea, 
Um, and then I actually received another invite from an interior designer um, in the post, um, which really perked my ears up, being an interior designer and the possibility of some more business. So I just decided to go along for a visit, really. And, uh, yeah, I just took it from there. When you brushed it off originally, what, what did you think you were being invited to? Oh, I didn't really know. It was a bit odd. Um, I just thought that maybe it was some kind of Amway uh, business or something. I was, a bit, I was just a bit unsure of what it was. And then uh, I hadn't done any research. And then once I got invited along by the, by the interior designer, I did a little bit of research. And, uh, yeah, and then it was all, all systems go, really. So, so because you were invited by the by the interior designer, you could actually see, oh, well, there's some sort of relationship. I could possibly work with this person. You know, yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Your yeah, it worked. Yeah, it was good. And then I I had met her previously on a on a very brief occasion, um, and it was just a, basically an inroad for me there. So it was definitely I could definitely see the window. Yes. Yeah, so fantastic. So when you walked into the meeting, or you know, we're talking about two thousand nine. Yep. Uh, what was your what, what was your first impressions of the group, and how big was the group then? Uh, I think the group was probably we're, we're fairly consistent in our numbers, so we sort of run about around about thirty thirty. I think at the time it was probably about twenty nine thirty from memory. Um, I just remember being made to feel very welcome coming in through the door, um, and having uh, the visitor host just basically you know grapple me and, and send me off into the right sort of area where. I met another couple of tradesmen and uh, introduced some nice people that made me feel very welcome, basically. That was the main thing. So I didn't feel out of place, put it that way. Oh, fantastic. So so that was the catalyst you felt at home to uh, submitting an application. You could see, you know, the benefits possibly from it? Yeah, I think so. And it was also that um, I, I think on that first meeting, I, I actually received about four referrals from memory, something like that, um, which just blew me away, you know, um, being a small country town and having arrived and everybody saying, oh, business is going to be tough, you're going to find it really hard to get on here, you know, you're not a local, blah 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 the normal story. And, and uh, yeah, to get those four referrals and a couple of them were quite big jobs um, and I could see those leading on to more more work, potential work. So, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was, a, yeah, I was thrown straight into it, really. It was great. Can I just ask a, a question, um, Toby, which is interesting for me. So you've gone to this chapter, you've felt at home, uh, you've seen what it's all about, and you've already got referrals. What made you decide to put in an application? Why didn't you just turn up again and hopefully get more referrals without becoming a member? Because I think a lot of people don't really quite understand that um, B&I works best when you're 100% committed to it. Mm, well, I think... I. I think what I was looking for was probably an introduction to the town, the city of Tari, more, um, whereas I'm, I'm situated in a small local village uh, just outside Tari. So it was more of a community and, um, you know, become part of a part of something that was a bit different um, and obviously a, a like-minded business people as well. So Yeah. And one of the things you said, like people gave you four referrals at your first meeting and a lot of BNI members... They'll hold off. They'll say, oh, if you join, yeah. I can give you lots of referrals. Yeah. And it's like holding, you know, how would you feel being a guest? Oh, come on board. I, I can give you a lot of referrals, but not until you actually join. And there's no obligation to join, but by the way. Yeah, and um, it's yeah. like holding someone to ransom or, or bribery there. And, and these guys have said, well, you know, we really need a painter. Here's some referrals for you. And mm. you can see straight away, well, 
you know, I haven't even, you know, been a part of it yet, but I feel obliged now because they've actually given me business, which is a better way to sort of sort of look at it. And, and it really f- fits in more with giver's gain, you know, and give without, you know, expecting to get back. And a lot of people will yeah. say, well, I'm holding out, I'm giving you referrals because, um, you know, you, you're not a member of the group yet, whereas you're probably better off just doing it straight away like that to win someone over. Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah, it was a nice introduction and it certainly made me feel a lot more relaxed. Um, and then the following meeting, it was almost like I was one step onto the trust curve straight away. It was really good. I mean, yeah, it worked out very well for me. So um, you started as a one-man band, but you've actually been able to grow your business through B&I. Can we talk about that, please? Yeah, yeah. I, um, it became quite apparent to me that there was a, probably a lack of um, decent painters in the area at the time. Um, and so I was able to put on a staff member, roughly one staff member a year, I think, to, to start with. Uh, and then I got some fantastic re- referrals um, about four years in, which enabled me to add a few more staff members. So I think at one point I was up to about nine staff members. I've dropped it back a little bit now just for simplicity. Um, but um, it was very, yeah, some of the referrals that I was getting were absolutely fantastic. So, um, I, and I'm still getting fantastic referrals, you know, the second tier, third tier. I, I do actually count my referrals. Or I used to count how far they'd gone down the line of tiers. Um, oh, and, well, you uh, should. I, I, I was getting up to nine tiered referrals at, at one point, so, but I've seems to have lost track of that. But now it gets a bit, it gets a bit far-fetched after you get that far along. Yeah, well, that's true, but that's come from your B&I, you know, your marketing portal, your, your referral pipeline through B&I, and we recommend all members. B&I is a part of your marketing strategy, so... You know, you should actually track that through because without that initial referral through BNI, those first, second, third tier up to nine, and I've even heard members do tier fourteen uh, mm. referrals that they've tracked. That's all come from your BNI marketing, so that should be included in closed business for the person who gave you the first referral. Because you, you'll see a lot of time you'll you'll get a referral from someone, and it might just be a small job, and you think, oh, yeah, I'll just follow up this referral because it's B&I, I don't want to look bad. But that small job can lead to, you know, other referrals as well down the track. And we see it happen all the time. And then it leads to bigger things. And mm-hmm. um, obviously you've you had that as well. So what gave you to sort of, um, when you scaled your business, because taking on nine staff members, it's a big, you know, it's a big leap of faith from, uh, from being a, a solo person. Yep. Was there people in the chapter who could, who could help you, you know, with that as you're scaling your business? Oh, most definitely. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to do it without the, without the group. Um, you know, the, the, the accountants, the lawyers, the business advisors, um, you know, everything really. It was uh, The beauty of it was it's free information. People were willing to talk to you and give you free advice. Uh, the open networking always made sure that I was there Um before everybody else if I could or, or, you know, the first few people and just have a good old chat with people. And it was, you know, it was, uh, it was very off the cuff. You know, I, I was pushing anyone for any answers. People offered the information and it, it was great. You know, it's a friendship thing more so than a business, you know, than a business thing. So you're dealing, you know, and friends like to help friends and refer friends, which makes it a lot, you know, a lot easier to do if you've got that personal mm-hmm. relationship. And I really like how, you know, you made a, you make a conscious attempt to be there before everyone else of a morning. And I think, you know, the, the old adage, the early bird gets the worm, 
you know, really yep. rings true in B&I. And if you're someone who's uh, who who turns up late or, or right on the dot at 7 o'clock, you're not getting the full benefit of that part of the meeting. And people notice too. People do notice when you come into the room, especially other members. I think it's important to be visible for all the right reasons to the other members in the room. I, I think it affects your credibility in the group if you're if you're not you know if you're not on time because people instantly think, well, you know, you're not turning up on time, you know, for, for this business meeting. You're not respecting my time. How are you going to be when I send you to a client? Are you going to do the same thing? Are you going to make me look bad? I, I've actually got a question for Toby, if it's okay. Sure. So we talk about all these success stories, and clearly, going from a solo operation to um, to nine staff members is not an easy feat. That's pretty impressive in itself. But my question for you is: um, eleven years in B and I, what has been the greatest challenge for you, and for any other members that are out there listening? What is the solution to those challenges that you've found that have helped you stay in B and I and be successful? Um, I think that one of the biggest challenges for me actually last year was I took a year out. Um, so my wife and my daughter, we, we, we actually went overseas. Um, so I kept the business running um, while I was away. So I implemented a lot of things uh, through BNI. I had a manager uh, come on board with me a couple of years before prior to the, uh, prior, prior to the trip. And um, he took over my role in BNI. Um, and I put a couple of foremen in place in the business as well, and this was all on advice from uh, from, from some members from BNI as well, as well as my own ideas, and uh, we managed to get away for a year, so that was my biggest challenge last year, was actually working remotely and controlling a uh, painting and decorating business from the other side of the world, um, and without BNI and the constant referrals coming through from BNI, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it, really. Um, but uh, Yeah, it worked out incredibly well. Wow, that's that's awesome that you've able to take a, you know through this you've able to take a year out of your business yeah. to uh, you know to go travelling with your fa- with your family you know while you can still enjoy it so uh, that's a fantastic story. Some members are concerned about how they're going to make a, a meeting each week, and you've managed to be able to take a year out of your business and still continue in B and I successfully. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was very lucky. You must have had a fantastic uh, substitute too. Yeah, well, I think, and that comes down to the, the team that you build around you, I think, and and, um, and the same as BNI, it's the trust curve. If you've got trust in your team, then people are going to trust you, and, and it just carries on. Well, that's a that's a that's an amazing story. So we've got a lot of people who who in the BNI network who do what actually what you do, and a lot of people in the trades realm, you know, they sort of think, well, you know. I've got to be on, you know, I really can't spend the time going to a meeting at this particular time and I've got to be on the tools and on the job by then. You know, what would you say to those people about attending the weekly meeting and making time for B&I, making time to work? Because obviously you've not only made time for the meetings, but you've you've made time to build the relationships, you've made time to actually work the system over that time and, you know, proof is in the pudding. You've built a really successful business from uh, from a solo uh, a solopreneur point of view up to, you know, having up to nine and currently six staff? Mm. Yeah, I think I think if you um, if you want to grow your business and move on from just being you, um, I think attending BNI meetings is a no-brainer, really. Um, once you can do that early morning or, or whenever the, the, your meetings are, unfortunately on a Thursday morning, uh, we're done by half past eight. If you can afford to take that hour and a half, really, is all it is from a seven o'clock start out of your business week. 
um, you know, put another guy on site for you, for you while you're not there, and and away you go. Really, um, it would it, 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 be sheer madness not to not to give it a go with the amount of referrals you could pick up that morning. You could probably put on another staff member. Well, absolutely, <laughs> we see it happen all the time. Like people leave. Oh, you know, I, I can't afford the time because I'm too busy, but they leave and they've left all the referrals they were getting on the table mm. um, that they could have covered a staff member within that time already. So It's so um, important to come to that first meeting, isn't it? Because I think it was one of the guests uh, a few podcasts ago said, you don't know what you're missing out on if yeah. you don't say yes to an opportunity. I think it was um, Lisa. Yeah. And it was a, I really took that away from the podcast. So when someone invites you to go to a B&I meeting, rather than thinking about I don't have the time or, you know, it's not going to be for me, just think about what am I going to be missing out on if I don't go for that uh, they opportunity. They say, yeah, I'm too busy. Yeah. Well, you ask anyone in the room. Everyone's busy. Yeah. And the reason why, they, why we're busy because, you know, we're, we're working, we're successful, we're, we're small business owners. So, you know, we're all busy. Now, you know, I like the, uh, I like the saying that, the I'm busy is the adult version of the dog ate my yeah. homework. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, this has been really great to hear from your story. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to, to Rob and Christian Harter, who are your uh, directors who, who uh, rec- refer- referred us to you. Yep. And um, I'd just like your final uh, tip for success uh, that you could give uh, any person li- listening to the podcast. What's the one tip that you really think makes you successful within B&I? Um, I'd, I'd say be absolutely honest and uh, I'd say give back, give back way more than what you take. So be honest and give back way more than what you take. I really love that. So, Toby, uh, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, we really appreciate, appreciate you being on uh, B&I, the Australian Story podcast. And uh, we wish you every success and many more years with B&I um, th- through what you do. So thank you very much. Lovely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Toby. Thank you. All the best. Thanks. Bye. What another fantastic story and another crusty old sea dog <laughs> from B&I. <laughs> 11 years. Yeah, it's, you know, with success stories and success takes time. So we're finding a lot of these success stories, you know, if it if success in B and I happens overnight, a lot of the times just it's really a fluke, you know, just in the right place at the right time, and and to build success over, you know, over time, it does take time. It does take doing those small things, those one percenters, over and over again, and uh, to get to where you need to be. So there's no secret to success. It's it's just continuously working at it over time. There's definitely a theme with everyone that we've interviewed that coming into B and I was a leap of faith to that first meeting. There's always someone who's invited them the first time and they've said no, maybe the second time and then they said no, and then finally the third time they went, okay. And then they've just realised now that they couldn't live without it. Yeah, there's people, you know, they'll, they'll invite someone once and say, oh, and they'll say, no, I'm too busy. And that's the easiest thing, you know, I don't want to do this right now, so I'm just going to say I'm too busy. And they don't go back to them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it usually takes, you know, about three or four sort of approaches and say come on have a look at this um i think it'd be really good for you and probably you know and once again probably inviting people the right way is really important too you know don't invite them to join don't invite them to come networking or or meet weekly come along to meet 
your team of professionals who may want to actually give you referral business? Years ago, I made the mistake of um, not following up on someone. I invited them. We were at a networking event uh, for the wedding industry and I invited them to a BNI meeting and they were so keen to come along and I didn't follow them up. And within three or four weeks, this person turned up to one of our BNI uh, visitors' days because another person in our chapter had bothered to contact them and say, oh, by the way, we noticed you didn't turn up one meeting. Would you like to come again? And that person um, that person came to BNI and actually became a member. So for me, it was a really good lesson that don't take no for an answer. Sometimes people just need more information. It may not be the right time, but you, they need to know that you care enough to invite them a second time, third time. Well, the good thing is if someone says, I'm too busy, say, hey, can I follow up in a few weeks to see if you're, if you're free to come along? Yeah. And it opens up and it doesn't close the door. And it gives you the option to say, hey, you said you were busy a few weeks ago. Can I, you know, have you got time now? So that is actually a really great segue to a question that um, I have been sent in. Uh, as we mentioned last week, there's a number of visitors days that are coming up. One of the members, um, one of the categories that we have uh, are being filled by a lot of people who are part of MLM businesses. So, for example, someone who's doing Tupperware or Arbonne or Lorraine Lee or any of those kind of things. And so the question was, what is the best way to be able to set the expectations for someone in an MLM, in, in an MLM business so that they can do the most in B&I, do good business, and also not have any challenges? Yeah, so we, we have a few uh, protocols around multi-level marketing businesses. And for someone to be a part of it, they can't sell the business opportunity within B&I. They can sell their products and services, but not the business opportunity. Now... If through that, people decide to take up their business opportunity outside the chapter, well, you know, that does happen sometimes. But for an MLM, uh, you're there to actually sell the business, uh, sorry, the product or services you offer, not the business opportunity, because it doesn't fit in with what we do within B&I as such. And we have some very successful members. Um, I know that we've got a very successful Arbon member who people love the product. Oh, and, we've got plenty of successful And they can't get enough Arbon. of it. Uh, Arbon members around yeah. the place, um, and also um, you know telco MLMs, that sort of thing, energy supplier MLMs. So we got quite a few, and uh, it is successful for a lot of people, and that's why they're members of the chapter. But you need to approach it the right way and be very clear in what you're coming into the chapter to represent. So the product, not the business opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so just before we finish off, Brent, what is your tip for the week? Well. Today I want to talk about abundance and scarcity. So some members seem to have a bit of a scarcity mentality. So when someone applies to the group, they look at and they might be in a similar sort of uh, business category or, or do something their business does. And they sort of say, well, I don't want that person in there because, you know, our business does that. And they're going to take away business opportunities for this us. This is a great topic. I'm really glad that you're talking about this today. Yeah. So what tends to happen is, until then, the chapter's never heard of this because it's not something they specialise in. It's not something they're there to promote. It's not something they're real passionate about. But then they see, oh, this person's coming. They might take something away. I might get. When really that particular person being in the chapter can be one of the best referrals ever. And a great story, you had a lawyer in a chapter, and legal's really, you know, really sketchy within B&I. We had a lawyer in the chapter who was trying to block a conveyancer coming in. And the, and, uh, the chapter really wanted a conveyancer because the lawyer in the chapter wasn't his specialty, yeah. but someone in his office actually did the work. 
And that lawyer was actually getting around 15, in five years, he'd got only 15K worth of business from the particular group for conveyancing. So, you know, it wasn't a great deal. So eventually the chapter convinced him to actually be a part of the group. And in the, um, in the first 12 months, the chapter part, uh, the conveyancer who they accepted passed the lawyer $70,000 worth of business just from her. Wow. That was without the other people within the chapter. Yeah. So for all that time, he was blocking his best referral source because they met with a similar client demographic. There were things she couldn't handle and she passed them on to the lawyer. So, you know, if he had an abundance mentality instead of a scarcity mentality from the start, he's left a lot of money on the table in the meantime. So when you're thinking about it, think about how you can work together and have that abundance mentality. Because if you have your scarcity mentality, it shows you're desperate. And as we know, desperation's not referable. So it's not an attractive quality to buy either. Well, absolutely. You know, if someone seems desperate, you're not going to refer refer them because you think, oh, they they're really you know desperate. Are they going to do the right thing by my contact? Yeah. What a fantastic way to finish off our podcast today. And I know that I get so much um, when I listen back to the podcasts and I learn something every single time you give you a tip for the week. So I hope our listeners are experiencing that too. Please keep your questions coming in because it's a fantastic way for us to uh, create some fantastic podcast uh, uh, content. Content. Podcast as they come out. I'm getting a bit tongue tied today. <laughs> I think I need a cup of coffee. So thanks very much to Steve, our producer. Thanks, Steve. For looking after us, and we look forward to everyone tuning in for episode seven. I can't believe we're at number seven already. Oh, it's 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 rolling along. It's I great. know. And also, just a little reminder to um, if anyone does have a success story and they think that it would be of value for our members or even people who aren't members to listen to, please contact Brent. Or hit like. us up on our Facebook page. Yep, please, and yep. Uh, we'd love to have you on our podcast in the future. Thank you.